On today's What Chaos, what the hell is going on with Corey Perry? The Rangers are the best team in the world. Marc-Andre Fleury wore a mask after he almost didn't wear a mask. The Oilers are the best team in the world. Leo Carlson is playing and also not playing sometimes. Patrick Kane is going where? Did Ovechkin and Crosby save the NHL? Yes, please subscribe and give five stars everywhere you can. Chaos. thing about doing a daily show is that when you take one day off from it, it feels like we haven't done this show in 10 years. Well, you've taken off, what, six days? It's been six days since our last show? Uh, possibly. We didn't try in the previous two, so it's been like two <laughs> weeks off, basically. <laughs> and we recorded uh, the, the Wednesday episode on Tuesday. That was the one we didn't try. Okay, yes. No effort. <laughs> So it's Monday and people are pissed because we've been off for so long. There's so much stuff that we have to get to that we're not even going to focus on why we're pissed. Although we are going to talk about people possibly being pissed at Corey Perry, people definitely being pissed at the NHL. Here is what has happened since we last spoke. You saw Corey Perry take leave from the Blackhawks. The Bruins have fallen off. Arguably one of the worst teams in the NHL, people are saying. We're now a Rangers show. Marc-Andre Fleury wore a goalie mask. A lot of hubbub about it. The Oilers season officially ended last Wednesday. Uh, Alex Ovechkin says that he and Sidney Crosby saved the NHL. And the Oilers have been galvanized. They've proved a lot of the haters wrong. They're on a winning streak. And they're probably going to win the Stanley Cup now. It has been a, a big week. And Connor McDavid officially back. MVP watch back on. Five point night. Last night. Yeah, you know what? It was good to see him smile. I was I was a betting man on that game, and one of my bets was Leon Dreisaitl to score, and I had just experienced, uh, I'd bet on Jack Hughes to score the previous night, mm-hmm. and everybody on Jack Hughes' line scored multiple times. Luke Hughes scored, and I thought that it was going to be a repeat of that, where every oiler against... The Ducks last night scored, except for Leon Dreisaitl. But wouldn't you know you it, they scored one. a bajillion goals. Uh, we'll talk about the Oilers in a second. Anyway, but yeah, welcome back to what chaos. We've got a very big week of programs for you. And Hope everybody had a nice U.S. Thanksgiving. A good U.S. Thanksgiving. What did you do? Did you have a good U.S. Thanksgiving? Yeah, I ate lots of food. Uh, I... I watched the entire first season of Fargo over again for the third nice. time. One of the best seasons of television ever. Nice. Of all time. You've never seen it. Still haven't. I'm Despite considering me doing begging it. you to watch it. I have been doing Letterkenny because Sean lightly suggested I watch it. Uh, he was just like, if you want to watch Letterkenny, you can. It's a free country. And I was like, I can't, I can't disappoint the guy. First season of Fargo, tremendous. New season of Fargo, also been tremendous through two episodes. So Fargo stonks way up. Juno Temple doing Correct. a Southern accent? Uh, not Southern. Wait, what kind of accent? Minnesota. Oh, right, because it's Fargo. Mm-hmm. Problematic? Cultural appropriation. Minnesota accent? Some people oh, are asking. Cancel the Minnesota Vikings, question mark. Oh. My, my she- Norwegian grandma always says, she's like, I'm very offended by the Vikings. Stealing my culture. <laughs> I mean, not to get into it, but like Vikings weren't the best. No, definitely not. Oh, no, they were they not. They were <laughs> not at synonymous all. with things they, that you don't want to be doing. The, the, the controversies section of their Wikipedia page <laughs> Quite is <lengthy>. uh, <laughs> not amazing. I don't know what would be in like the personal life section of uh, some of the Vikings back in the day. Uh, not the most problematic thing to come from the NFL over the weekend though. Why? What was? Did you see the Chiefs fan? No. A Chiefs fan, a young man, Sean, did you see this? No, but I have a bad feeling of where this is going. Not only did he wear a full headdress, mm. blackface. Oh my yeah. god. Oh, I didn't know that's did even both. worse than I thought. And the reason I saw it, I don't follow Swifties. I I follow some friends who are Swifties, but I'm like not trying to see all this stuff Mm -hmm. i have had uh their god's name muted 
for a long time just because I, I, I like the music, but it's just too You like much. your mental health more. Yes, exactly. Uh, the reason I found out about this extremely racist site that I could not believe was led into the game was Swifties were saying Taylor needs to use her platform oh to speak God. out against this. And I was God. like, I am viewing the most obviously racist picture I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I personally, need, need I Swift. don't need like Taylor Swift to wait. <laughs> Although I me. will say, like, imagine being that guy, and then all of a sudden you have the wrath of Swifties coming down on you. Like that, they that person still has the wrath of Swifties. It's just because he was wearing a Travis Kelsey jersey. I should know. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. Taylor Swift needs to throw a quote tweet on that one to say this is bad. Is that good? For, is that like Travis Kelsey stonks up though? That that was like. By far, the the it's the only r not racist thing that kid was wearing. It was a kid, though. Like, not not that I'm saying like any of that shit was okay, but like people are gonna like crush the. I, I like who who let this kid in? Kid as in like I, like a middle schooler, or kid as in like a young adult? I think the kid, like it looked like a twelve year old. Okay, and maybe well if then, I saw the picture again, I'd be like, no, the like, here we go. Do you just trying to cancel a twelve year old? <laughs> find the parents. No, like that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> right? Bad people parenting. are like Taylor Swift. I famously him. have never done anything in bad involving a uh, a child. I mean, that is a. That sounded way worse. That than sounded what you're way suggesting. worse. You yeah, made, exactly. you well, made fun of a child on that. Twitter. Just anyway, throw it a light Google. Uh, Corey Perry, his uh, oh about my Thanksgiving, I fucked up some promo codes. I got the Kraken jersey. I got the uh, Heritage, the Winter Classic Kraken jersey. That should be here this week. Very pumped for that. Got some new podcast shoes. Lovely Thanksgiving. Amazing. Uh, not so amazing for Corey Perry in the Blackhawks. Uh, a weird, we'll say, disappearance break. He left uh, the team unexpectedly in the middle of last week. He's third on the team in goals in points. A lot of mystery around his absence. Agent says it's personal matters. GM says it was a team decision. He's going to be gone for the foreseeable future. We could speculate on what the hell happened, but I think that more we just say, Probably not what the team needs. No, but I, it's it's more just like this whole situation is so weird to me because of how vague they're being about everything and how there's no answers anywhere. And it was extremely unexpected. He left on Wednesday, was an unexpected scratch. And I think like the day before or the day of, he was just like meeting with like a bunch of kids at the practice facility. And there was like We've pictures. Said kids too many times. There's been a episode. lot of kids talk. Uh, but, you know, it, it just, it seemed like everything was going fine. And now you obviously have conflicting messages between, you know, he said that he's tending to personal matters. Uh, Kyle Davidson saying, you know, this is a team decision, and it doesn't sound like anybody's expecting him back anytime soon, which it, it, I feel like if it were like a, a personal thing that like, I, I feel like if there was something to be said, you would avoid a lot of questions just by putting it out there or by saying, having a uniform message. The fact that there's no uniform message really makes me think that like something happened that shouldn't have happened it reminds me of two other recent cases in sports i'm gonna be a lame-ass host and not say what they are because i don't want to put the thought in people's brains that like oh this thing happened but twice in the last two years there have been like big either absences or dismissals where for like weeks and months people were like yeah but what happened right and they're like oh it, it just had to end. And you're like, oh, okay. I think what I know they do? one that you're talking about. Well, like Celtics? Was it local? Yeah, Ime Odoka. Right, when people were like, yeah, but like, like he was like the best happened? coach. What and happened, like, though? And you don't want to drag was like people. There was a crumb of of where it lived in the like the neighborhood of. That was, so, that was done so wrong because right. by one crumb coming out, People were like, all right, well, then we'll fill in the blanks themselves. And then because people are horrible on the Internet, mm -hmm. they started dragging people who had nothing to do with its names through the mud. And it was just an awful amateur slew thing and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what the way for the Blackhawks to handle this is. Obviously, they've been put through their paces over the years in dealing with PR 
nightmares. Yeah. But like, I feel like if it's something that's not bad and maybe it's a personal thing with him. So who knows? I feel like there's got to be some verbiage you can give that can get well, that, people to breathe easy on it. That's what I'm. That's where like my concern is is that there is there's a disconnect between the player and the organization because you would think again that if they were sending him home and they sat down and say this is why we're sending you home we don't want questions about this we don't want people prying into it so let's have a uniform message here. And let's say use this verbiage and we'll go our separate ways. Either that conversation wasn't had or it wasn't followed because there is a split. He's on a one year, $4 million contract. And he was one of the veterans that was brought in to make it nice surroundings for Connor Bedard. Obviously, I think he has, whether he comes back at all, I think he's kind of been subtracted from that fit i like how do you think this ends and it's tough to answer without knowing what happened but like do you think that they just say all right let's just kind of sever ties here uh i mean it, it definitely doesn't sound like they expect him back anytime soon or if at all and you know i, I again we don't know what happened so i don't want to speculate so i don't know how it ends i don't know how it goes in the next week but it's obviously a distraction, and they, like you said, they brought him to Chicago to not only not create distractions, but to help with any that may arise mm. uh, with that young team. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't come back. He's obviously held a pretty important role in that lineup. But you know, if it's if it's an, a bad issue and if it can't be resolved without bringing up a ton more questions or whatever, he may be done. Or they may, if he does come back, they may end up dealing him somewhere else. I don't know. But I don't, I don't want to speculate on what happens. Uh, I should also note, it's not the only uh, adversity that the Blackhawks are facing right now because Taylor Hall is also lost for the season. Yeah, that's so, an injury. Right. So. No, no, but, but so like, you bring in these guys and obviously you had to get to the floor this year. So you had some money to burn, but... I thought it was wise that they brought in a, and I hate when people say former first overall pick, they brought in another first overall pick. Yeah. Although if you want to speak disparagingly of the player, you call them a former first overall pick because it makes it sound like it didn't work out. But Taylor Hall is somebody who experienced all the hoopla. And as Felino told us, no one has experienced what Bedard has experienced, but at least he kind of has some of that in his past where you could tell him like, Hey, this is in Edmonton too, which is a big hockey market. So like he got a ton of attention, right? So it sucks that he's not going to be around and just for where he is in his career, he's got to be really frustrated. So that sucks. It sucks for him. It sucks for the Blackhawks. And then on top of that, now Perry is gone. There were so many good and wild games over the last week that we haven't been able to talk about. The Friday game between the Leafs and the Blackhawks, admittedly, I only watched the third period and overtime of that game, but who fucking cares? Those were the cool parts of that game. <laughs> the Leafs blow a lead in the third period. Blackhawks come back, win in overtime. Bedard was electric. Friend of the show, Kevin Korczynski, scores the game winner. It was amazing. I don't think the Blackhawks are going to have a ton of galvanizing moments this season. I think that we could have guessed at the beginning of the year what their season might look like, but it sucks that they had this awesome game and this awesome moment. And it's like the bad is outweighing the good. It right feels now. like the wheels are kind of falling off a little bit over there. And obviously things weren't expected to be good, but yeah, there you're right in the sense that like more, more bad than good right now. In that's Chicago. why, yeah, that's why you have Nick Felino and who spoke and, up I think this week and was like, this is unacceptable. We have a lot. Of, we have some, uh, effort issues with this team i've noticed are there words that you didn't say when you were a kid i'm not talking about swears or anything but like things that you didn't say when you were younger that you say all the time when you're older Probably i notice adults and myself i say unacceptable all the time everything's like acceptable when you're like, a kid there's nothing unacceptable when you're a child right like like as evidenced by that chiefs fan right <laughs> But when an athlete is like, this is unacceptable, I like fucking, I, I, I hear that. 
I'm like, yeah, yeah man. Might not hit for you, but when I hear unacceptable, I think of Adventure Time. Adventure Time? Adventure Time. This is going to hit for a very specific group of people, but there's a character right there who his name is like got a lemon head. I forget what his name is. And he screams unacceptable in like a very specific way. So whenever I hear unacceptable, it's exactly what I think of. What, what is the show? You don't know what Adventure Time is? Is it a spinoff of Letterkenny? <laughs> no, no, no. It's like a very, it's a popular cartoon. Uh, okay. But it's got like, it's like a, not an adult cartoon, but it's a very like a cartoon with a lot of meaning, I guess. It's a, it's like a. It's like a BoJack Horseman. Yeah, kind of. That's not an adult a little less. <laughs> it's more child friendly than BoJack Horseman, but it's a very good cartoon. Is okay. Juno Temple in it? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, you see this? Uh, Mark Andre Fleury had a, an awesome mask, and the NHL saw it as an opportunity for everyone to get pissed <laughs> at them. So. I'm sure everyone heard this, but the Wild held Native American Heritage Night Friday versus the Avalanche. Mark Andre Fleury's wife is indigenous, so he had Native artist Cole Redhorse Taylor design him what is objectively an awesome mask. It looks so good. And also objectively an inoffensive mask, but it was in violations of the NHL's specialty equipment ban that they ensued this season, which also... You remember weeks ago, people were freaking out about pride tape because the NHL wasn't letting people use pride tape, which was just the silliest thing in the world. Uh, Flurry was willing to just wear the mask during warmups, eat the fine, eat the fine, whatever. But the team came to him and was like, the NHL has told us multiple times, you are not, ma-. I don't know if they use this word, but they, the NHL said unacceptable. <laughs> Yeah, and they threatened to punish the team, the team. with a significant fine, apparently. Uh, tons of backlash that day. Uh, a lot of people just doing the WTF, like, league can't get out of its own way type thing. And then turns out later that night, Fleur wears the mask anyway. No ban, no punishment. And, like, obviously, anybody with common sense knows that, like, he probably he should have been able to wear the mask. And there shouldn't have been a discussion about, like, Hey, is this acceptable? Whatever. And, you know, given what happened with uh, Travis Dermott and the pride tape and kind of the precedent that was sent, set that like, you know, if you do something that kind of abides by common sense law, we're probably not going to punish you. But that leaves that we're still having the discussion. We're still going through all the drama. And then the league has to take the role of like moral arbiter. (laughs) <laughs> where it's like they get to decide what gets punished and what doesn't under this like grand umbrella of no uh, no specialty equipment and stuff. And like you have the uh, Sergei Bobrovsky wearing the hockey fights cancer thing and they said that they could wear those because they'd worn them in the past. Like there's just so much gray area under this equipment law that it makes no fucking sense. You need to come up with a better, more black and white sort of rules here with this new equipment law because i'm i do not want to be having these discussions every two weeks and having these freakouts every two weeks nhl why are you doing this like with some of the with some of the specialty equipment that you're not so psyched about there are international or geopolitical i don't want to say excuses but you could say like well Players from this country will get pressure, family, whatever. Like you can, again, I don't think that these are necessarily good reasons, but you could give reasons for why you are feeling pressure to not have players do X. A mask that has, like, can you put that mask back up? It's literally just flowers, right? Like, what, like, and like he could have said, he could have said that this wasn't. Uh, an indigenous thing. right like who, and people who's gonna been stop like, him from like Linus yeah. Olmark changes his mask every two weeks every hour and I don't have to hear him going through like special channels or something to get the, the mask to prove like I'm sure there there's probably a, an approval board or something yeah. but why what at what point was that mask stopped and they were like nope can't do it Honestly, I bet it was... And for what reason? That he was like, hey, shout out this artist. Here's why I did it. Here's the meaning behind it. Because I think that once they hear meaning, they're like, making a statement to keep politics out of this. And it's like, you... One of your teams is holding a Native American heritage night 
this person is spending their hard-earned to gussy himself up and participate in it. The best part about the the reason that this was this uh, equipment thing was uh, instituted was obviously because of the pride jerseys from last yeah. year and how much discussion came up every time a player chose not to wear one. And I, I believe the league instituted this rule so that they could avoid uh, some of the drama that comes up with that stuff and making players feel uncomfortable. And I feel like we're getting even more of it now because of like the pride tape thing. We've already got two very uh, clear examples of this causing controversy and stirring the pot where it probably shouldn't have with the pride tape and now with this one. Mm. And it's just doing the exact thing. It's kind of, they just shot themselves in the foot. They, the NHL has found a way to create a world where like, you haven't seen pop star, but in that movie, Andy Samberg's character has a song that is like Macklemore's same love. And yeah. it's all about like, I've, I've gay people that, should yeah. be able to marry each other. And he's like making all these statements and it's a mockumentary. And after they cut to it, they cut to Ringo Starr and he's like, he's doing this song. Like, like it's illegal. Like gay people can get married. And like, there are so many like statements that are made where you're like, obviously, right. Like, like, who, who are you saying this against? The NHL has found a way to make itself the entity against which people take stands with things that I thought we kind of all agreed on. Right. Like that somebody wearing pride tape or doing anything like that goes in the face of something in 2023 is outrageous and that somebody saying like i am going pride. to wear something for indigenous pride on the night of a native american heritage <laughs> night goes against something and it's not that is under the um that, that and it's not it, like he slapped a patch on his jersey where it's like oh he's he's got a patch on where nobody else has a patch and it's like violating uniform code he's literally wearing a custom mask which every goalie in the league does yeah like th this is th this it's hilarious this ain't virtue signaling or <laughs> going up against a straw man. Like the NHL at points is voluntarily making itself the illogical bad guy for any easy kind of obvious statement of like, oh, like we're doing a Native American heritage thing. Cool. I'm going to get, I, I, I don't want to like make it myself. I'm going to get a Native American artist to make my mask. Is my, that cool? My thing is like they've, I feel like they've completely lost their authority on this stuff too, because now twice people right. have been like, ah, oh, we're going to ignore the rule. And they're like, yes. okay, but there's no punishment for it. Yeah. Right. It's like, that, that, why do this? I mean, Julia in the, in the chat makes a fair point that they've managed to avoid like a lot of players looking bad because now players don't have to have, like they make themselves look bad as opposed to having the players that like opted out of wearing the pride jerseys from looking bad, which is like, I guess cool NHL for falling on that sword, but I also don't feel like that was their their motive. It's like we'll but take like, the blame. Mark Andre Fleury, all he wanted to do was wear the mask, and now I'm sure he had to go through like tons of media and stuff where he may not want to answer questions or whatever, and just face a ton of headlines or whatever based off of this. Like, so he if if they're trying to take the heat off the players and and make themselves look bad, sure they're doing that. But they're also forcing players to answer questions where they might not have to. I will to. say that I will say though is like if this what never happened, this no one would have noticed the the helmet or anything. And I feel like ultimately it's a good thing that like there's attention Maybe. being paid to like the heritage night and the mask. And ultimately the NHL does look bad. But well, I mean they they just look stupid because they ultimately didn't do anything. It's Are not they like they didn't upwards? find him or anything. So they they just was like well, this is an issue that never should have happened. But Ultimately, the result is people paid attention to the Heritage Night and the mask when they probably wouldn't have if there was no rules against I it. I feel like time and again with this specialty equipment ban thing, though, the NHL is getting outed, uh, no pun intended, I suppose, as like ill-prepared or unsure of their own new rule before yes. they acquiesce, which is good. Like a, a good end result of this is the NHL saying... Yeah, we're not going to find you for it. I don't like that that 
there needs to be a process to get there, but I guess it's ultimately good that in the end they're like, okay, we were wrong about this thing and that they're willing to admit that. But so many times they need to be proven illogical or getting in their own way before they go along with something that, like I said before, like making none of us were like put like, did we think that any hockey fans were going to be like, Get that off your mask, man. Like <laughs> nobody was going to notice it. Yeah, it just seems like they're making shit up on, on the fly and they don't really have a plan. Mm. Well, at least, like I said, he wasn't fined. The mask, everyone can agree. It's awesome. Looks really good. I hope he wears it for the rest of the season. I think that really there aren't a ton. You don't see a ton of like cream-based masks that have scarce design on it. Yeah, and, like, the simplicity of it was beautiful. And, like, I, I guess maybe the positive here is, did they uh, did they auction off the mask? They did. Yeah, it ended up getting over, like, $15,000. And I bet that point. that number got driven up a oh, little 100%. bit with now there's a story behind it. And uh, so I, I, I can't – I have trouble giving the NHL that much credit that they were, like – Let's spark some controversy yeah. on this and and drive up the price of this mask. Also, and I feel like the NHL is sitting there being like, "We look good now because we could have fined you, right. but we we're not going to because we're good guys." Also, over the weekend, the New York Rangers have surpassed the Boston Bruins, best team in the league, as the best team in the league, and they played on Saturday. The Rangers looked like the far better team at Madison Square Garden. I do want to... I saw a tweet from Steve Conroy, uh, one of my favorite hockey writers, who did raise the point because people were freaking out, saying, like, the Bruins are being proven to be frauds and, like, all this stuff. And he was like, Bruins probably aren't the best team in the NHL, but a good thing that we've learned so far is, like, there aren't that many unbelievable teams in the NHL. And I think the Rangers, we're a Rangers show now because they're the best team in the NHL. But I think the Rangers being the best team in the NHL right now kind of does illustrate that because I still don't look at the Rangers as world beaters. And it makes me wonder how many teams do I look at as world beaters? This is more of like a, the Canucks are so fun. This rocks. Yeah. And like the... Vegas doesn't have the Stanley Cup hangover. Yeah, and like I mean, there have been teams over the past handful of years that you have looked at and been like, okay, that team is heads and shoulders above everybody else. For a while, it was the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah. Colorado Avalanche, the Bruins last year. There was always a team that you're like, oh, that team is kicking the shit out of everybody, and I don't see it changing. This year, I'm not sure if I if I see any team in that light. There have been a lot of teams that have had success in the early going, but I don't necessarily look at any of them and say, this team doesn't have flaws. We can do a little, like, here come the Hurricanes, though, because, like, they obviously smoked the Oilers last Wednesday, but they're kind of creeping up. Again, that's not a team without flaws. Like, that team has struggled with its goaltending early in the season. Uh, We've seen in the past year or so, like, their offense can go quiet and just come up with empty calories and have trouble finishing. They don't have that, like, true, true headliner for superstar talent. No disrespect to Sebastian Ajo or anybody else on that roster. But, like, we've been asking that question for a couple of years now is, you know, who on that roster will take over a game when it comes to the playoffs when they need it. Uh, We are seeing a bit of an Achilles-ish heel with the Bruins, and it's not necessarily center. Matty Potra has kind of fallen back to earth, and if he were better, he has two points in his last nine games. Mm -hmm. If he were, and like, I will talk about Leo Carlson in a little bit. I accept slumps from young players. Like, play them, it's fine, it's okay. If he were better, and the Bruins could play the JVR Coil Frederick line as a third line. The Bruins would actually be a pretty awesome team, but they have to play that as a second line. Mm-hmm. And they're just one of a lot of good teams. That line's been really good, though. But what? The Coil line? Yeah. Love it. I'm yeah. crazy about it. But in recent games, it could be argued their weakness 
is on the blue line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, they've got some question marks defensively. They haven't been very good. Obviously I think they gave up what 12 goals, uh, yeah. the last two games, seven or five. Um, so, uh, you know, the goaltending wasn't amazing either, but, uh, the bigger problem for me, long-term picture rest of the season, like, what are you going to do with Kevin Shattenkirk, Ian Mitchell, Mason Lori hasn't looked great defensively. He's had his flashes offensively. They've got some question marks on the blue line and uh, may get into some Patrick Kane talk a little bit later. Whoa. That name was linked to the Bruins by one Elliot Friedman in 32 Thoughts. Can play defense? <laughs> That's probably right. what Bruins fans are asking. That's Pete. right. Um, so I think number one priority to where the Bruins could improve and solidify is, is definitely on the back end. Uh, the Oilers, meanwhile, got destroyed on Wednesday night, which I Wednesday night was a good night of a lot of teams being on their best behavior for U.S. Thanksgiving, putting on their Wednesday before U.S. Thanksgiving best, really trying their hardest. Oils come out, Oilers come out and are like, they, they were literally falling down in, was, uh, you know what that meant? Did Nurse hit himself in the face? He did. He, he, he uh, bounced off uh, the crossbar, puck hit him in the face. Stu Skinner. Fell down. Yep. Did, did, like, was doing one of his little Fell down in pregame and, and during the game. Just kept going. <laughs> it was like, oh, boy. But the thing is, I see stuff like that, and I'm so stupid. I'm like, Oilers by a million. <laughs> <laughs> they go out and get absolutely Smoked. stomped. And you're like, all right. like They really are done. And I thought, you know, they burned the fire the coach thing mm -hmm. too early. I still think that they were, they had to, but like. You know what that said to me? That game said to me, we're Canadian. We don't give a fuck about U.S. Thanksgiving. It means nothing to us. You, mm. Everybody's looking at this as, hey, need to get a win to get in playoff position. They said, we're eight points out of a playoff spot. We're not even close to sniffing it. We don't care about this game. Doesn't matter to us. And we don't care about Thanksgiving. You know what we will do? Start ripping off wins after U.S. Thanksgiving. Well, it's the thing, like people get this with, dieting or like saving money and things like that. It's like, well, if I can't, I can't do it all in what, like, what, what I, I can't lose 20 pounds today anyway. Right. So what am I going to do exercise today? I can't do it. I, I, I want to lose 20 pounds and I can't do it today. So whatever, I'll just go on with my day normally, except the Oilers day is like, fucking like falling down during warmups <laughs> and hitting themselves in the face and then going out and getting crushed in the first period and being like, Oh, okay, well, whatever. But they've rattled off two good wins since they shut out the capitals on Friday. And then Sunday night, they played a game against the ducks. Pete that had me asking, are the Oilers Pacific division disruptors? It's a good place to be. They killed the they ducks. They killed the ducks. Ducks have not been playing well recently, so. But Oilers looked like Team of Destiny. Eight to two. Team of Destiny. Are we starting up that talk? They smoked them, and they looked really good in the process. Uh, McDavid, again, mm -hmm. five points. Looked like McDavid. Has looked like McDavid for past few games. So that that's a very good sign, obviously. Still not. We, we know that the Oilers can be a good team. On any given night. Pete, buddy, they are up to 15 points. That's right. I We both had to double check that audibly, visually, multiple times for the show. We were getting ready, and I was like, Oilers have how many points? 15? And you were like, that can't be right. Oilers are on a heater. I, how do they have 15 points? They have 15 points on a heater. That is so cool. We're talking about they've won two games. That are, so before that, they had 11 points. Mm-hmm. My God, <laughs> they've like truly just been losing every game. I know that we've been talking about it after each game being like Oilers lost again. Wasn't particularly close. How do you only have 15 points while on a heater? I know and it speaks to how much ground they like still have to make up. You also said that they looked good in the process. They did look good offensively yes. in the first period last night, but there were points in the first period where I was seriously trying to book I was like, Guy Boucher is an assistant with the Leafs now, right? Okay. I don't know. I was like, if Guy Boucher's around, I want to get some recent, like a recently in the NHL head coach to just discuss like, hey, 
if you were the Oilers head coach, would you just totally punt on defense? Because So you want to ask the same question that was asked to Connor McDavid a week ago when he said you love asking this question? Because that's essentially what that was. Do you punt on defense we and just try to score seven Tim goals? We also learned misheard that question, which is I, why he got on him. I, I, I sort of... Um, he thought that he I was sort saying, of do you want to win four to one or lose, lose seven, seven to five? five? Right. No, he said, do you want to win four to right. one or win seven to five? I think that he didn't fully understand the, the, what, what uh, Spectre was getting at. Right. And I think McDavid got a little mouthy. And then they a scored a little, little disrespectful. And then they scored eight goals. So seems like they might want to win. They're trying to trying to do both. But there were still points in that first period last night where I was like, just honestly, don't even play defense. It's, it's just going to be you're going to give up a million chances no matter what anyway even with the defensemen you have and you got a you have like one and a half good defensemen eh, like one and three quarters good defensemen on that team just play five forwards sometimes put nurse out there and just play five forwards that's uh that's an interesting theory i mean that seems like a uh a thing that fluto shinzawa would write going to yeah. have fluto, so fluto was seen as like a badass because a few years ago he was like why don't the bruins just play five forwards like once Tory Krug leaves they should just play five forwards on the power, on the power play. play yeah and everyone's like you stay inside the box think brother. different yeah we should get Fluto on and be like what would you do with the Oilers because he would have the right answer and I bet his answer would be like play four forwards here's a here's a question like I've never even considered this is there like are there rules for NHL roster construction purposes like you know how in the the expansion draft you have to either do like this many skaters or this many forwards and defensemen like could you just assemble a team full of forwards yeah 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 you can play positionless hockey yeah it's not like I don't think it's like I would understand in the I didn't know if there was just rules uh, NFL you have to dress you can dress two quarterbacks and then you could have a third one dress that can only enter the game if the first two get hurt subtract subscribe on youtube but yeah you could just i mean teams do that all the time where they'll dress no i know uh, i know that they'll like dress an extra forward versus a defenseman and right and, uh but i didn't know if like there were rules from a roster standpoint on in, like the cba or whatever uh you know how i've been dressing recently regularly <laughs> you know how i've been living my life regularly and it's thanks to olipop Peter, I am on such a lemon-lime kick. I couldn't tell you, and I drink Olipop all the time. I couldn't tell you the last time I had another Olipop flavor, and I love the other Olipop flavors. This lemon-lime has been hitting so well recently. Lemon-lime and cream soda are my two favorites. Classic cola, man. I love it so much. I miss it so much. We don't have one of those, so We currently don't have any. I cleaned us out. I sucked them all down. And in doing so, I wasn't sucking down five grams of sugar nope. because you're not finding that in a can of Olipop. What you are finding is the dietary fiber in a prebiotic soda that's going to help keep you regular. And if you are an American, chances are, if you're an American adult, you got some digestive issues. I hate to be the doctor and tell you this, sit you down, say two and three of you, digestive issues. What will help with that? A prebiotic soda. It tastes so delicious. People, what I've enjoyed by people getting into Olipop is them saying, I didn't know what you meant when you say it doesn't taste like it's trying to be something. Oh, it It, just tastes like a soda. It just tastes like, it it doesn't, it, it tastes like its own soda and it's so good. You can get on the grape if if you pry it out of (laughs) my favorite flavor. For real. They're so delicious, and they fit in a lot of diets, be it vegan or if you're on keto, it all works. And if you use the promo code CHAOS on drinkolipop.com, you're getting 20% off your next Olipop order. I think we've had more listener feedback on Olipop than anything we've discussed hockey-wise. Good. And that's not to say we haven't gotten much discussion or much feedback elsewhere. It's just the responses on Olipop have been overwhelming. People love them. Uh, We love them. Go to 22,000 stores right now. Yeah, I mean, if we're doing like a power rankings of things on this show, I'd say guest segments slash interviews, one, set design, two, Olipop reads, three, 
hockey discussion for uh what else do we do on here we haven't reviewed a movie but we're gonna do that tomorrow hockey movies that aren't hockey movies uh we've gotten a lot of um suggestions yeah on those ones that we may have missed but yeah we will be reviewing uh a hockey movie hockey holiday movie hallmark what's it called checking it twice checking it twice checking it twice we're gonna have a checking it twice review this week we both watched it this weekend and boy, Find it and watch boy are it. there things to talk about uh listeners of our brunch podcast i know do enjoy when we discuss movies they haven't seen and our discussion being their only indication that it exists and guessing does this thing even exist but I would recommend this movie. Watch it. We'll discuss it tomorrow. It's a love story. It's a hockey story. Pete, it's an American story. That's right. It's a small town story. It's it's just two people trying to check it twice. And <laughs> you'll never guess what happens at the end. They do. So the <laughs> Oilers, as we discussed, uh, kicked the crud out of the ducks. And uh, we did not see Leo Carlson, number two overall pick. He has played in 14 of the Ducks' 21 games. He has nine points, six goals, and three assists. And the Ducks are essentially doing a rookie season load management with him that is being done in the name of avoiding a rookie wall. This team started strong. They were in a playoff spot. We had Frank Vetrano on. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get a Frank Vetrano 30th anniversary jersey. I've been scouring the web for deals. They finally put it on sale. It's, it's such crazy. a good jersey. It's crazy that it took them that long to put that jersey on sale. I want it. I want one so bad. You and everybody else, pal. If you're a fan of the Ducks, are you getting a Leo Carlson 30th anniversary jersey? Are you or are you like, folks, you're not letting me see the guy? The team has stunk of late. They have lost, have they lost six straight games? Yeah, they've lost six straight games, including an ass kicking against the Oilers last night. Uh, not to go backwards, but someone in the chat said they worked on checking it twice. Oh, no way. Whoa. The bull said, I worked on the movie checking it twice. I'll we may need could to not care less about the ducks. Uh, <laughs> do, do, uh, start pumping in information yeah, about this. Find out more about this <laughs> I mean, the bull's got to give us more information. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Drop more info on, on what you did for that give movie. Give us more info. We're going to review the movie tomorrow. And but give I us will, a tea, too. But I will just say, I was... By the end of the movie, I was in love with both of the two leads. They were. I was like, I don't know why I'm coming around on this character and also on this character. With about three minutes left, I was like, oh, they're both freaking beautiful. <laughs> Took you the entire. Movie. They both looking no, because like honestly, like that stuff. Uh, we talk like I don't watch movies being like, ugh. Yeah, oh, that person's hot. Nice, <laughs> good movie. They're hot, but by the end of the movie, I was like. It's got hockey and pretty I just can't people. believe it took you that long, obviously. Oh, no. I knew that the... Uh, the the man was a very attractive man. No, honestly, he did, doesn't, wasn't really, really doing it oh, for I, me. I was... He's a looker. I was... There was like a, a, a bit of a... There was a bit of Roseman Pike to the, uh, the, to the other lead. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Yeah, that's true. And I just liked her character. I wanted good things to happen for her. I liked that... Despite being away from her family so long, save it for the. She review. could drop back in and still have this kind of familial thing. Uh, the bull said that they, they worked on locations for it, and that they filmed in Kelowna and Vernon, BC. They did Canada for the United States. Yeah, ah, that's what mm. the bull's saying. I guess interesting. Interesting. Why don't you? If it's a hockey movie, just do it in BC. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, maybe maybe Hallmark had a thing or whatever where they were like it needs to be an American movie. We'll I, talk about that tomorrow. I bet, I bet a lot of uh, I bet a lot of Hallmark Channel viewers would be like, "Who cares about Canada?" If you don't know, Pete and I watch every Hallmark Christmas. We, we movie. do. It's the best. Ideally, with ideally modern ones that are gay relationships with uh, like not always Hallmark, by the way. That's, oh, that's, just, that's right, that's, right. It's not always Hallmark. It's, it's like a quote unquote like genre. Yeah, I watched Christmas a Hallmark movie. movie over the... I don't know if it was a Hallmark movie, but it was a quote-unquote Hallmark movie. Like, the, the streaming holiday movies are the best. Last Christmas, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's only Wham! music. 
like okay. only whoa only wham music it was it was honestly kind of it was a really good movie but it was hilarious that it was only wham. Like last it. year we had the uh, the lindsey lohan one mm. loved that one uh the one with jimmy o yang uh, oh that was a good one um it was like a die die heart uh diehard themed christmas movie or something yeah i forget what it was called mainly but. i like the christmas movies i feel like half of the holiday rom-coms are about uh having to trick people at christmas yeah they, they usually are Just be like oh no now like my uh i'm getting divorced hold on i gotta trick my family so into thinking you're my husband and like i don't know about everybody else the holidays are so overwhelming and there's so many things happening. I am not paying attention to what somebody's significant other is, right. whether they're in town, anything like that. But in a lot of these Christmas movies, people are like, oh, got to trick my family. Yeah. I'm glad that I don't have a family where uh, people feel compelled to trick each other. Or maybe I've just been tricked a bunch of times. <laughs> maybe, I'm like, maybe I'm the mark. I'm getting tricked <laughs> yeah. every time. Nobody in my family, like, like my parents aren't really married. Like all this, I've been tricked time and again. Is Checking It Twice a movie where they trick each other? Find out tomorrow when we discuss it. But is this load management thing with Leo Carlson logical because I get wanting to prevent a player from hitting a rookie wall, but like they're not going to die if they hit a rookie wall and yeah. great players hit rookie walls, learn that, Oh, I learned this about diet and training and blah, blah. Then you come back the next year stronger. Like there actually is some benefit to learning what worked in junior doesn't work in the NHL. Yeah. Like, uh, so I, I definitely can see it from both sides, but I have, I think I have more questions about the load load management uh, approach than I would the other one. Just because, like, there is there is value in trial by fire. Like, how how is Leo Carlson going to adjust to an NHL schedule and the grind of an NHL schedule without playing it in full at least? And from what I've read, they're using his off days as like training days because they want him they want him to beef up. They want him to pick up about 20 more pounds and a lot of that they want him to pick up in his lower body and th they believe that's what is going to help him in the long run adjust to the NHL schedule and it does sound like in the second half of the season they're going to they're going to grind him like in the second half of the year they're going to run him out there quite a bit but but they doesn't that strong. put a lot of pressure on him in the second half like if he's playing every day and, and that's the first time that he's playing every day and it's in the second half, like he's who's not who's to say that he's not going to hit that wall down the stretch when you might need him most. Right. Like guys are going to no offense to Adam Henrique, but like people are going to be going to games the second half of the season being like. I took my kid to a game where Adam Henrique was the first line center for this, you know, like if he's <laughs> yeah. struggling when he comes back, which like the rookie wall thing very well might still happen. And I feel like it creates more questions than answered answers. And it puts a lot on like McTavish to do everything. Like, cause again, you started strong and the playoffs McTavish. are were what's that McTavish. Yeah. For who are you talking about? I'm saying like, it's putting pressure on, other like star players for the Ducks. Oh, okay, to, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, to yeah. have to provide all the offense, well, that, or yeah, that was uh, that was kind of one of my questions too. It's like if you're if you're a Ducks player, does this piss you off? Like, does it does it bother you? Because like Carlson is performing and he's playing pretty well, yeah. And the talent is obviously there, and like maybe you can make the argument that well, maybe he's playing so well because he's getting some of these days off. But if you're a player in the locker room and you see that and then you see him, he, he has a big game or something and then he sits the next day, you're like, what the fuck? Like, why isn't this guy playing? We're trying to win games and they're not winning games now and he's sitting. And so, like, number one, is it harder for him to get into a groove when he plays well and then sits? And if you're a teammate or you're like, why isn't this guy playing every day? He's good. We need him. The Ducks are... 27th in the NHL in goals per game. 
2.76. And that's with Frank Vetrano and Mason McTavish, who, uh, Tavish, who you gave me a heart attack. I was like, is he not on the team anymore? No, no. I thought you were talking about like <laughs> McTavish, the coach. I was like, what? oh, <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? No, but I mean, put it, some it, respect on Greg Crowen's name. Yeah. Although they're not putting too much respect on their own name right now. They went from fun disruptor to, yeah, I, I'd say just play him, play him. And if he hits a wall, he'll hit a wall like a lot of great players before him. Right. And I mean, I think that, I don't know, like I, I respect them for having a plan. I respect them for maybe approaching it a little bit differently. I do think that it, it begs a lot of questions and I think that it's frustrating if you're a Ducks fan. It's probably frustrating if you're Leo Carlson. It's probably frustrating if you're uh, a Ducks teammate. And I just, you know, I, I do think that there's value in trial by fire and I'd like to see him out there more, more often than that. And like he is playing most of the games. It's not like they're, it's not like a 50, 50 split or anything. He's sitting the occasional game. It's just, you know, I don't know if he has to, he's, I think, so and he's I don't want load, I don't want load games? management to be a thing, you know, no. I don't want it to be a trend. Like I don't want to tune into a game and have to wonder if one of their best players is going to be on the ice or not. And like we can get credentials and stuff, but I, at this point in my life, way more enjoy going to a game in the stands and doing the fan thing. Tickets cost money. And especially in certain markets, they are so expensive. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to experience the thing like selfishly me, but I also don't want fans to experiencing the thing experience the thing that happens in the NBA where you get Lakers tickets and you don't see LeBron and you're like, that was kind of my ticket for the next three years. So, yeah. I don't want that to happen. I mean, devil's advocate. He is playing well. What? Uh, nine points in 14 games, nine points in 14 games is really solid for a rookie. Uh, and yeah. from what we've seen from him in flashes, the talent is, is obviously there. And, uh, maybe they're just trying to preserve that and keep it, keep him fresh, keep him engaged and, you know, make him. And they are like, they're utilizing him when he plays, hmm. he is playing a lot of minutes. Uh, so, just playing devil's advocate, like you can see both sides of it. I uh, got asked this recently. Who is the Tom Cruise of the NHL? In terms of like who's saving cinema? Uh, you knew where I was going with that. Oh, Nobody yeah. asked me this. Nobody uh, asked Alex that. Ovechkin <laughs> says that he and Sidney Crosby saved the NHL. Speaking to the athletics, Rob Rossi said, we saved the league. Now new guys come in and I guess we're old news, but we saved it. It's up to those guys to come in and prove me wrong that we're not the best. We saved the NHL. So uh, do you agree with this? Yeah. I have a strong thought yes, on this. Yes, the answer is yes. Oh, boy, did they. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's, the hell out of the NHL. It seems like a like a, a wild thing to say because I don't – did anybody ask him that? <laughs> Where did I that do come wanna, from? We've got to get Rob Rossi and Mason McTavish on the next episode just to, like, fill in some blanks. Yeah. Uh, get Rob Rossi on to be like, how'd that come up? It's – it's a uh, – it's a wild thing to say coming out of nowhere, and it does seem like a get a, get out of your own ass kind of quote, but he's right. Like, he is 100% right. I, I Crosby, and Mc, Crosby and Ovechkin came along at a time when the NHL desperately needed them, and they desperately needed them to deliver and hit, and it is... It, I, th I think about this quite often. It is wild that you had two prospects that were as hyped as Crosby and Ovechkin. And not only were both of them great, both of them were all time greats and in their rookie years, in their rookie years. And like throughout their entire careers, they never slowed down either one of them. Obviously Crosby had the, the injury issues that he's battled, but he has never been like, Oh, what the fuck happened to Sidney Crosby? real down year or whatever they've been consistently great ever since they've been in the career they've been they spent their entire careers on single teams in the same division their rivalry has always been 
awesome and genuine in genuine and i and now like they're friendly but towards the beginning they didn't like each other uh their teams were constantly facing off against each other in meaningful games they both have won stanley cups it it like could not have been more perfect their careers and how the nhl needed them that's all well and good but you still can hold the microscope to the words saved the NHL. Here's why they did. Not only was the NHL coming off a lockout, they lost ESPN or ESPN broke up with them. That mm. deal ran out and they were on uh, OLN. <laughs> no, first OLN. And then they at least changed What's the OLN? name. The Outdoor Life Network. Oh boy. That's yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> Sean, do you remember this? I remember versus. I did not know yeah, about. I, I, they yeah. were on. Well, it was one of those things. Like before, it was called Spike TV. Did it have a different name? One of those things where yeah, like yeah, they yeah. just changed the name mm -hmm. and kind of rebranded. But the NHL was uh, on the Outdoor Life Network. It's crazy. That's where the NHL had fallen. And this is what's most important. I asked you earlier how old you were at the time those guys came in the league. I loved the NHL, but as a kid. I did take note of the fact that to my friends who weren't hockey fans, there weren't a ton of household names. Like people knew who Fedorov was and people knew who, uh, I don't even know if like everybody knew who Mario Lemieux was. They knew who Yarmir Yager was, but like people didn't know, like every, I'm saying everybody, obviously hockey fans, but like Peter Forsberg wasn't a household name. And like all the players that my friends and I would be like when we were playing hockey, we'd try to emulate people did like my sisters didn't know who a lot of those names were. People didn't know who Danny Heatley was or Daniel Alfredson and people right away knew who Ovechkin and Crosby were. And that was so wild to me that they came in, were both top 10 in points as rookies and suddenly it was like, oh, shoot. Not to say that Forsberg and all those guys weren't unbelievable players and legends, which they were, but suddenly everybody knew who these two guys were. And for a while, when I was a kid, that didn't totally exist. Yeah. And I mean, like you talk about ESPN dropping the NHL, like Crosby and Ovechkin were making sports center top 10 as 18, nine year old, 18, 19 year olds and kind of establishing themselves in that, uh, in that, space when a lot of attention wasn't being paid to the NHL. And I was like 13 when they entered the league. And like, I was, I was always a hockey fan as a kid, just cause it was always on in my house, but I was a baseball fan first up until around that time. And like when those two entered the league, that's when, uh, my fandom kind of kicked, kicked up a notch and I started really, really getting invested in the NHL. So, like, in my story and, like, my life, they absolutely, like, put the NHL number one on the radar for me. Could Leo Carlson save the NHL if the Ducks only let him? That's right. We have to, we have to ask a question. So that's the thing. Uh, Ovechkin said, like, now these new guys come in. Ovechkin didn't have to deal with uh, a team that wouldn't let him play. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Patrick Kane. Elliot Freeman says that uh, teams suspect Boston might be a team that's poked around on this, but questions whether the Bruins would commit to any sort of term. He also seemed to indicate that, uh, Red Wings. that the Red Wings are in front. Uh, mm -hmm. Not not explicitly said. He acknowledged there's a lot of mystery around Kane and, and what he's what his final few teams are Mums looking like. the word. Yeah. We both said that I don't think he puts anybody over the top or makes a massive impact. I know that some Blackhawks fans are saying now like, hey, if you need a veteran who's kind of been there, done that, Patrick Kane is right there. I feel like it would be weird to just bring him in because a bunch of other bad stuff. Like That's almost, uh, even if you gave him like a huge contract, I feel like it's just disrespectful because if you wanted to and you were going to do that 
you would have already done it instead of getting those other guys in the first place. It, uh, it like it also flies in the face of him wanting to win, and I, I think that it's weird to say the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane are a weird fit, but they are. They are. It doesn't make a lot of sense, especially when you're trying to transition into like a new era of Blackhawks hockey. Hmm. Bringing back like one of the pillars of old would yeah. be a bit weird. Uh, I also think it's a bit weird for him to be linked to the Bruins. Cause I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Like we already talked about the fact, I think defense is more of a priority. Could they use some help up front? Yeah. I'm not sure it's on the right side, especially with Patrick Kane. Like, I don't know where, like what happens to, to Jake DeBrusque? Right. Like who does he displace? It, I, it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me other than the fact that he's old and American, which the Bruins Fucking love both of those things. If you turn DeBrusque and Grizzlick into a defenseman and then sign Yeah, if there's Kane, a corresponding move, sure. I suppose. But again, then you're kind of like... I consider Kane the same way I consider the guys they brought in on July 1. And the guys they brought in on July 1 were a bunch of old, accomplished... Accomplished... Not accomplishing necessarily, but accomplished players that you hope could do something at the end of their career. And some of those have worked. And some, some of them have hit. JBR, JBR has been unbelievable. Uh, Lucic, obviously, away from the team now. Was good at the beginning of the year. Was good before he got hurt and all. Like we, We've hit on that. Shattenkirk kind of looked from the jump like, all right, probably a miss there. But that's what one-year, $1 million deals are. I view Kane the same way as maybe he comes in and he's really good or maybe he comes in and he's washed coming off injury. And that's kind of it. I'm going to give you to this Sean and Pete, which Jersey would go the hardest Red Wings. I, so like, I don't think a Kane Red Wings Jersey in my mind looks that good. I, mean, every, I think it's going to be what Sean's going to say. I'm incredibly biased, obviously, but an eight, eight Sabres Jersey would be insane. It would be amazing. It would be great, but like Red Wings have one of the best jerseys in in the entire NHL, the and any 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 person looks good in that. Jersey. I think it. I think I, yeah. If I'm being unbiased, I think it'd probably say the Wings because it's just it's just red and white. The eight eight so symmetrical. Got a sh nice short last name. Like I think it would look the back of that jersey would look clean. It's similar to the Blackhawks. I think just aesthetically, like, and I love a Red Wings jersey, but I I, I think aesthetically and sentimentally. A Sabres 88 would actually, well, not just a Sabres, but now that I'm looking at it, a Goathead 88 with Kane on the back would oh, be yeah, that would fucking rule. ridiculous. Uh, part, part of the Red Wings thing that, that also entices me, though, is just like how much it piss off Blackhawk, Blackhawk fans. Yeah. Because I know like they're they're in different conferences now, but that's that's viewed as a Blackhawks rival. And I know that it would ruffle some feathers, no pun intended, mm. in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, uh, we need to get some sort of uniform sponsor or jersey making sponsor because a we're stocking these cupboards over here Ew, just yeah. getting jerseys like crazy. Sean, I have been trying to get you a Maxim Afenogenov goat head jersey and I, I just can't do it. it. Like there's like one out there. It's like XXXL and it's four <laughs> million dollars. And I just can't. I know that you love Maxim Afenogenov. I do and. Uh, the greatest thrasher of all time. Yes. This is what a great person I am. Whenever somebody throws out like, a, oh, I always wish I have whatever. I just take a note of it in my phone. And like, if I ever come across that, then try to get it for that person. And you brought up Maxima Feneganov being one of your favorite Sabres. And I was like, yo, we should get him mm -hmm. a goat head jersey. No, I would, it's not that. happening, buddy. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's against the NHL's new equipment rules. <laughs> you can't have those. I, I even thought about that. But then I'm like. Is it even cool if you have like a goat head one with the NHL shield on it? That is like absolutely not one. what he would have been wearing. He would have been wearing probably Coho. Yeah, I think he was Coho era. Coho era jerseys slapped, man. All right. Well, that's that. Do we have anything? Uh, three stars. Dustin Bufflin apparently is a uh, pro fisherman. Yep. Uh, also, he was submitted by some whatnots for the Jokic of the NHL conversation. I think that's Massive the best. oversight on yeah. all of our parts. I apologize on behalf of Pete, uh, Nick Felino, and Seth Jones. <laughs> yeah. I did like that conversation, though. It, yeah, me too. And I thought it was it was a lot of fun. But that was a maybe it's because he's not a current player and he's 
he's out of sight, out of mind for the most part. And mm-hmm. I think that's by design from Dustin Bufflin's part. Yeah. He re- really doesn't seem to want to have anything to do with hockey anymore. And I, I think that I read somewhere that he has not strapped up the skates once since retiring, mm-hmm. which I could believe. Uh, good for him. Like, if, if, if that's the way that you, you want to live your retirement, it seems like he's having a good time fishing. So uh, I think that's probably the most accurate choice, though, for the Jokic and would kind of fall in line. Given, do, we, given. do we think Phil has put on the skates? Phil? Yeah. Yeah. Is Phil staying sharp, you think? I think Phil loves hockey. Yeah. Phil, like, loves hockey and will continue playing hockey long after he's done retired. What if Phil did some, like, Yager stuff and just played till he was, like, I don't know if I believe him loving old. hockey that much to go, like, Phil, I, I would see Phil playing beer league, it, it, like, pretty seriously deep into his old age. But I don't see him going to, like, some weird country and playing overseas. Kessel is one of our white whale guests. Yes. I would absolutely love to get him. Would love to. Him, there's, there's a bunch, but Kessel would be amazing. And even if he doesn't have much to say, like that's okay. Pete and I can talk. Yeah. We just want to hang out with you for a little bit. Uh, my star of the week weekend is every EASHL team that kicked our ass this weekend in the playoffs because we had a, a real tough weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Me and the boys, me and the boys uh, played our club finals games this weekend. And I don't know what any of the things you're saying. So is. it's uh, EA, the video game. Yep. You can play online with like five of your buddies and ice a full team. Okay. And you play like seasons and then they have the, the finals, which are essentially the playoffs for a week at the end of the regular season. And boy, we, we loaded up. We were a very good team during the regular season. We were pumped. We were super excited. We thought we were amazing. We were in division one. There are 10 divisions, division one. Like top five percent of clubs in the world, we got fucking smoked this weekend. Whoa. So it was a tough scene. I did that. I think I did one game of playing the like five on five. Like every yeah. there's a real guy, and I was trying to do it like actual hockey, and I got very frustrated because we I was play, bad we, at it because it was a video game. You could do and, well with us because we play like actual hockey, and I think that's a problem. Yeah, if you do the drop-in games, that's going to be a train wreck. Really? But, you're going to end up with somebody who's just trying to score all the goals. You I will say this year's game does reward actual hockey more than years past mm. because like they have a, the, the quote-unquote pressure system. Like yeah. The more time the that you establish fatigue. in the zone and cycle – it has better effects on your offensive game. So uh, I'm having a good time playing it for the most part. Uh, this weekend just wasn't our weekend. I like we'll get him in season two. That's why, I, that's why I play the game. I like a good breakout. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I feel like my guess would be video games is just like dumping it, hoping there's not a nice Oh, no, definitely not. Oh, okay. No, there's a lot of... Nothing gets me going more than like a good cycle mm. with a tip in front, a, yes. le- a nice little dirty goal on the doorstep. That, that stuff gets me going, and there's more of that this I, year. I love getting to the dirty areas. Hell yeah. So are you a big EA? Yeah. Well, well I mean... Are you in the game, as they say? I, I wouldn't consider myself a big EA person because generally I think EA kind of sucks, but I gamer? do love... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You play EASHL? Uh, I haven't much join with the, squad? the new game, but I... You want to join the squad? (laughs) I'd be interested. Oh, hell yeah. I love this. All right. Well, we will be back tomorrow. We will review Checking It Twice. We'll also have a conversation. Can we say what we're doing tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, We'll have a conversation with the great Scott Darling, Mm -hmm. NHL goaltending great and stand-up comedian. And Stanley Cup champion. Did I say that? Goaltending great. I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. Stanley Cup champion. Awesome guy. Chelsea Blues fan. Yep. True. Gave him guff. Because at the time we spoke, they had just uh, gotten crushed by my trees. I'm a forest guy. It's in me. You can almost always say Chelsea just got crushed by somebody. The best was after that game, The I forget who is the commentator, or I just don't know because I still don't know as much about soccer as I would like. But they were like, Chelsea spent $10 bajillion this offseason and just lost to Nottingham Forest at home. Yikes. Anyway, Scott Darling tomorrow. It'll be a good time. Watch Checking It Twice. If you haven't, we will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great week.